From Leader in Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. We find our voice when we use our passion, talents, and conscience to address the need in the world. When we model this for our students and colleagues, we empower them to find their voice. It's the heart of teaching. We get this. The question is, how do we intentionally model and explicitly teach this to our students with those doable strategies and structures that can be implemented daily in the classroom? Today, Dana Pennett, coach and consultant from North Carolina, is going to do just that, share what teachers are doing today in the classroom to help their students find their voice. Dana, welcome to the Empowering Teacher Podcast. Thank you, Molly. I'm so excited to be here and just be part of this great uh, platform that you have taken place. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you with us today. So let's jump right into conversation with the question, what is practicing and teaching the eighth habit look and sound like in the classroom? All right. Well, thinking about what it um, looks and sounds like, I really... It's so simple sometimes that we maybe overthink it, but it's where our students are being honored for their differences, their interests, and most importantly, their strengths. You know, Dr. Covey's definition of leadership is when we communicate someone's worth and potential so clearly that they can see it in themselves. And as I think about this, when there is a school classroom or a school environment in general that students have found their voice and habit eight is is alive and well, to me, that is just evidence that we're at that level of leadership. Mm-hmm. The living proof, right, of yeah. the eighth habit. So it, you bring up some amazing pieces when it comes to the eighth habit around it amplifying um, opportunities mm-hmm. for leadership. So how does it amplify the work of all of the other habits? You know, habits one through six are really those steps that you're needed to um, set goals, work on goals, achieve goals, and celebrate goals. And if we're doing... um any type of, of wig setting, it is going to fall into one of the dimensions of habit seven. It's going to work on your body, your mind, your heart, spirit. So when we have a chance to allow students and staff to share their voice about interest and what they're working on with their goals or even their expertise in an area to help someone else with the goal, that is amplifying all the other habits um, when we do that habit eight. It's just kind of the cherry on top of true real world application. I love that. It's the, It seems like it's the glue that's bringing them all together. Yeah. So what are some of those practical and tactical strategies that you've actually seen in the classroom? I wish we had a couple of hours or, or even <laughs> days to talk about this, but um, I'm going to go old school right here. This one I love because it doesn't require any uh, preparation really or thought at all. And that is a good old show and tell. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, you know, ways that can be very impactful with your morning meeting. But Molly, can't you just imagine if kids got to do show and tell on a regular basis where they're learning 
talking about the interests of their peers. And maybe there's a connection there that they never even thought of. But again, ripple effect, let's do it with the staff. I could work in a building and just because someone's on a different hall, I may not know them. But uh, a good old fashioned show and tell would let that happen. Of course, always leadership roles. But how do we take it to be more about habit eight? And that's when the students start to think of leadership roles that they would um, like to see in place in a school. And then even maybe connected to that is in this idea of student action teams. Um, you know, a lot of kids have the flair and the eye for design. Um, and so to be on a design team to make over bathrooms, I mean, how incredible would that be? Student uh, service learning projects, and then just really basic in the classroom. If I'm a student and I have this this gift and talent of art and creativity, and I have some voice and choice about how to do assignments or how would I show in an assessment what I know, and I could tap into those gifts and geniuses with voice and choice, that would just really start to drive um, how I feel about sharing what I know. So like I said, that's just a few, like five or six, real yeah. quick, but um, you, you could definitely go in so many different directions. Yeah. And you know, what's really connecting for me, Dana, as you talk through each one of those examples <clears throat> is that it truly is our framework. When mm-hmm. we're living our framework out loud, there are so many embedded opportunities to lean into habit number eight. I mean, that's just, it just made that strong connection um, in seeing the framework as a really um, intentional tool that's going to help us live out the eighth habit. Thank you for that. Now, we would not be the Empowering Teacher podcast if we didn't talk about the power of paradigms. So I have to ask you, what paradigm do you notice teachers lean into when they're engaging in the eighth habit with their <laughs> students? You know, for me, it's like a plate of spaghetti. All the paradigms are so entwined, it's hard to pull one out. <laughs> so I'm going to pull out two um, because you said, hey, it aligns with our framework and what's at the top mm-hmm. of our framework but those paradigms. So the first one is motivation. Um, If we really want them to to own this and, and, um, and to honor their gifts and talents, we need to get out of their way. We need to stop controlling everything, but have platforms for them to be able to explore and express. And then that really is so closely connected to education because when we do tap into their voice, um, that can really funnel and drive academics in a way that if we're just there for the standard and not for the student, you know, we, we kind of kill that fire. So I couldn't pull one out, Molly. I had to go with those two (laughs) motivation and education. I love it though. I love that analogy of spaghetti because isn't that uh-huh. the truth? They definitely impact uh-huh. each other. I'm going to hold on to that for a very <laughs> long time, Dana Fennick. I That's love that. Right. <laughs> so what barriers, you know, thinking about just the inner workings of paradigm and our mm-hmm. framework, what barriers can we come across when we're working with this particular habit and how do we help our teachers, our principals, how do we help them overcome it? Oh, I think the first one is part of what's in educators' DNA quite often, and that's just being control freaks. Mm. <laughs> so so can, can we yeah. uh, empower and truly turn over and be that guide on the side? Um, I think another barrier is either having limited or no platforms for 
student voice to be amplified, whatever that may look, feel, and sound like, but just being very limited in those platforms. And then I think lastly, this ties into paradigms as well, but not thinking outside of the box and the brick and mortar, like think outside of your building um, and, and, you know, there may be something that kids are truly interested in, but it would be having to connect with community at large or, or, I mean, how awesome would it be if it was connecting something globally, not just in your community, but in a, in a bigger uh, arena. And so taking all of those amazing ideas in, I, I get super excited about just hearing about those options for platforms and, and opportunities for students. Any advice or words of wisdom as our teachers are listening and they're ready to jump into the work of the eighth, eighth habit, what would you recommend to them? I think the advice I'm going to throw out there, Molly, is the advice I would throw out for so many other uh, focus areas. And that is start with the inside out model Mm. and um, ask these two questions. The first one being, do they know me? Do they know me as a person? And do I know them? And if I can't answer those two questions, I'm not going to create the ripple effect that I would hope to see. So, and if I could, then we're in a good place to start as far as how would I look to find, you know, how do I help them? Mm-hmm. How do I build these platforms if I don't know what their interests are? Um, and, you know, coming from that previous administrator um, hat in the inside out model, you know, as an administrator, could I answer these questions and do the same for my staff? Oh, Dana, that is so Good. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm visually picturing this for our students and the opportunity of just really getting to know them and the relationship, the organic and authentic relationship that will happen when we know those things about our students and they know it about us. Oh, brilliant. Right. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dana, thank you so much. And a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You've got this. <laughs> 